before 7 a.m. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW in Sitka. Today is Wednesday, January 13th, 2021. I'm Peter Apathy with Raven News. The city is moving forward with plans to sell the former Sitka Community Hospital building, and the public may get a chance to weigh in during the municipal election next October. But in order for that to happen, the city has to move quickly. KCAW's Catherine Rose reports. Last fall, the Southeast Alaska Regional Health Consortium approached the city interested in purchasing the former Sitka Community Hospital building. In 2019, Search bought the city-owned hospital business and opted to lease the building where it continues to house long-term care. But now, Sitka's primary health provider is growing, with a $300 million hospital expansion project planned over the next five years, and they need the space. The Sitka Assembly signaled its interest in selling the hospital building late last year, but it wasn't clear whether it would be an outright sale to search or if the property would be put out for a competitive bid. When the Assembly met on Tuesday, City Administrator John Leach said search submitted a letter requesting the sale be pursued through the typical competitive bid process, and the city could begin drafting a request for proposals. But they need to act fast. This is an aggressive timeline. We have to move this fast to make it to... Uh, a regular election, if if it were so decided that we wanted to um, hold a public advisory vote on it. City Attorney Brian Hansen said that should the sale go to an advisory vote, the Assembly would decide who to sell the property to among the potential bidders, then stay the sale and put it up for a vote in the municipal election in October. Then the Assembly can use the vote to aid in their final decision. But the public vote is non-binding. The Assembly can decide to sell the property even if the majority of the public votes against it. Member Kevin Mosher said he preferred the sale not go to an advisory vote. Member Valerie Nelson said she hoped it would. No other assembly members gave their opinion on whether the property sale should go on October's ballot. Mayor Stephen Eisenbeis said the timeline was aggressive and he hoped everyone could stick to it. I would request that this aggressive timeline be followed to. It sounds as if there are some assembly members who do want to put this out to an advisory vote. And I I feel that meeting that timeline is very important. I don't feel the need to call a special election for this, which would add potentially thousands of dollars to the cost of the sale. Since the hospital sale was a discussion item, the Assembly did not take public comment. The Assembly will likely consider funding for the sale process at its next regular meeting. It must decide whether to put the sale up for an advisory vote in the October municipal election before the deadline at the end of July. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Catherine Rose. In an unusual move, the Alaska Department of Fish and Game has set a large guideline harvest level for the commercial herring fishing fishery in Sitka this spring, on the understanding that the fleet is not likely to hit that mark. In a news release on Monday, ADF&G announced the guideline harvest level, or GHL, of 33,000 tons for the upcoming Sitka Sacro herring fishery. But that probably won't be harvested. In the same news release, ADF&G predicts that the commercial harvest will likely not exceed 20,000 tons. Area management biologist Aaron Dupuy says the state arrived at that number after speaking to processors about the potential market demands. You know, just from our conversations with, like, what, uh, what their individual markets want in terms of tons of herring, you know, part of the reason why we put that in the announcement was, I guess, just to temper people's expectations for what will likely get harvested in the fishery. Even so, he says the state is gearing up for a fishery this year as usual. 
Oh yeah, I mean we're we're gonna be getting ready for a fishery like we normally do. Um, you know, it's been been two years since we've had a had a successful fishery, but I mean we we plan on on managing it like we normally do. But in recent years, the fishery has been far from usual. The annual fishery didn't happen in 2019 and 2020. Most of the herring were young and too small to meet international market demands. And the coronavirus added some additional challenges in 2020. Dupuis says he doesn't expect the coronavirus to get in the way of the fishery happening this year. Like Everybody had all of last year to kind of figure out what worked on the processing side with the salmon season and with other species. So, you know, I, I think they can be able to come up with something you know for for the state um you know we we have uh like kind of standard like covid protocols especially with the state vessels um that were in place last year for the dive surveys and uh you know we'll we'll be able to adequately manage the fishery um given those covid guidelines this year, herring managers believe that most of the available herring stock consists of five-year-olds, which are closer to marketable size than in recent years. Nevertheless, the five-year-olds will be just on the cusp of being big enough to sell. Last year, the marketable size was estimated at around 110 grams. The state estimates age five fish to weigh in at around 109, with an average weight of the entire herring population estimated to be around 112. The fishery has continued to see pushback from subsistence harvesters who argue the management of the commercial fishery has harmed the fish population over the last few decades. Herring eggs are highly valued as a traditional food and resource among indigenous communities in southeast. The Sitka tribe of Alaska brought a suit against the state in 2018, challenging its management of the commercial fishery. The fight continues with a superior court judge hearing oral arguments tomorrow on whether the state has upheld its constitutional obligation to meet reasonable subsistence needs. For a link to those proceedings, you can go to our website at kcaw.org. Alaskans are experiencing human-induced climate change at a more rapid rate than any other state in the country. Tackling the global crisis can be daunting, but in Sitka, the city assembly and a group of concerned citizens are taking action with the revival of a decades-old task force. From Alaska's Energy Desk, Erin McKinstry reports from Sitka. 17-year-old Darby Osborne is standing on a beach near the Sitka Sound Science Center. It's pretty low tide right now. There's a bunch of seagulls and eagles diving around in the ocean. It's pretty rainy out, typical Sitka. In the summers, she comes here to swim almost every day. It's a place that inspires her climate change work, which she's been doing since her freshman year of high school. Being able to see all the wildlife around, being able to be near and sometimes in the ocean, I think it really brings it close to home, realizing that this is what, you know, climate activists and environmental activists are trying to protect. It's places like these. Osborne has applied to be part of a new climate action task force approved by the city assembly in November. The group hasn't started meeting yet, but it has a big job ahead to create a new plan to address Sitka's impact on the climate, the solutions the city can afford, and then inspire people to get involved. Osborne and a group she co-created called Youth for Sustainable Futures advocated for the task force's creation, and she says it's vital that youth are part of the process. It really does mean a lot to people my age just because we're seeing the decades stretch in front of us and we really don't know 
what things are going to look like in the coming years, what the world is going to be like even when we're 60 or 70 years old. The committee is a revival of a short-lived task force that created a climate action plan for the city about a decade ago. That plan identified some of the ways Sitka is threatened by climate change and proposed actions the municipal government could take to reduce its carbon footprint. A lot of it got done. A lot of it didn't. That's Michelle Putz, who led the past effort. The city converted several buildings to electric so they could run completely off of renewable hydropower. A subsidy program also incentivized Sitkins to convert to electric heat and more efficient appliances. But some other proposed ideas about converting to electric vehicles or addressing waste didn't come to fruition. They also set a goal to reduce city emissions by nearly 1,000 tons a year by 2020. The city public works director wrote in an email that he thinks they reached it, but no concrete assessment has been done. And I think it would be a great, you know, one of the first steps would be great to see, did we actually get to a reduction or or not? The ways Sitka could and is being affected by climate change are numerous. The impact of warming oceans on the fishing industry, landslides, increased pest activity in the Tongass, more intense storms impacting utilities, the list could go on. To not see the impact in this community, you'd have to close your eyes um, and keep them shut. That's Sitka Assemblymember Kevin Knox. He sponsored a resolution last year that attempted to declare a climate emergency in Sitka, among other sustainability goals. But that got voted down by assembly members who thought it too drastic. Knox thinks the task force is a step in the right direction, but worries it doesn't go far enough. Right now, I'm, I'm hopeful that they work as quickly as they can because I think we are way behind the ball at this point. The assembly member who co-sponsored this latest action, Kevin Mosher, believes climate change is real, but isn't convinced it's caused by humans. He also admits that he's not an expert and sees no harm in making Sitka more environmentally friendly, as long as it doesn't increase the tax burden on local residents and involves them in the process. I want it to be practical. I mean, real measurable goals that we can accomplish, not you know, I am aside things, but what can we really do? What can one small community actually do to address such a global issue? A lot, says local climate activist Leah Mason. She thinks if Sitka can become a leader in the region or even the country in tackling local impact and using renewable technology, the city could inspire others to follow suit. Not just a positive move to, to save our own skins, but a positive move to, to put Sitka on the map. While time is running out, she says she has hope that there's still enough to address the climate crisis. One thing that will help, Mason says, is transforming this temporary task force into a permanent commission. For Alaska's Energy Desk, I'm Erin McKinstry in Sitka. When the Assembly met last night, it appointed nine people to the new Climate Action Task Force. And that's